Welcome to the Quick Mix Podcast. This is a podcast about cooking and baking competitive shows. I'm Q. And I'm M. On your marks. Get set. Podcast! Everybody, this is Q. And I'm M. And welcome to Pastry Week. It's a very buttery, flaky, and sometimes a mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> We're halfway through. Yeah, we are halfway through. I think some of the bakers talked about that too. They're like, yeah, we made it halfway. Peter says he feels bizarre to be halfway. Mm. Um, but halfway is pretty good, actually. It is There's pretty only... good. Uh, and although we're halfway, we're not half the bakers through. Like, half the bakers aren't gone. Because <laughs> oh. like, the last episode, there's three bakers left. So there's eight bakers left. So we started with 12. Right. But the last episode of the season, there's three bakers that face off. So there were half the episodes through. But um, if Peter thinks we made it halfway... Um, Half the bakers aren't gone, Peter. <laughs> That's not fifty percent yet. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but I mean, it is to get to this point. You have to be pretty good, I think, or you have to be not the worst for five episodes. Yeah, it's pretty good considering. I think you had about seventy-five percent of the people going home weeks three and four. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think who was the first one we went over? It was a Dave, right? And I was like, yes. yeah, he'll probably go on week three or four. And then <laughs> we got to the L's. And I said Roman was going to win it. I was, I was pretty off halfway. Nah, I, halfway I, could see through. Why, I could see why your pick was Rowan, though. I would want to see him for the entire episode, whether or not he was baking or not baking. <laughs> you know when they, they do that like holiday special and they invite somebody back or like a couple of bakers back in the season? Yes. I think, I think they'll invite Rowan back. Oh, that would be great. See if he improved. Yes. If they don't, I'll be very shocked. Um, they'll get some angry letters and <laughs> from me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, halfway. Um, I'm kind of sad that we're only five episodes left. Yeah, yeah. It went yeah. by fast. It it did, and then after that, we had to wait like a whole other year, which is crazy. But uh, pastry week. Um, I think that overall the bakers did better this week than they did during bread week. Yeah, I think bread, so. Yeah. Bread week was kind of a slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> and also that was like Paul Hollywood's like, week that he was like overly critical. So, uh, I mean, that's like kind of like a ceremonial hump that they had to get over. Yeah, it's a big week. deal. Yeah. But yeah, let's get into the episode, shall we? Let's. All right. In the intro, Noel and Matt eat pastries, and they said the pastries are sentient, and they're like, "Don't eat me, murder." That was kind of creepy, actually. It weird, yeah, it weirded me out. I don't like to eat things that are talking back to me. <laughs> so you don't like to eat animals? I mean, I've eaten, I've eaten raw things, like I've eaten a raw banana. But not yeah. like a like an animal that's talking back to me. I think most of bananas that are eaten are probably raw, right? Okay. Well, for <laughs> example. 
Well, this way they don't talk back as much. I don't know. <laughs> so there was, there was a movie that came out. It was like Seth Rogen. He made a movie. I forgot what it was called. Um, but they were like talking food. Ooh. And then they were like making jokes. And then they would get eaten. And then after when they would get eaten, it would be presented as like a very cruel murder. <laughs> it, was, it was called Sausage Party. Sausage Party was what it was. That sounds like a great movie. <laughs> but the, the scenes where they get eaten is like scary. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah, and it, the intro just reminded me of that. But yeah, not too much of an intro this time. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got that bit where Noel and Matt are eating sentient pastries. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, we cut into the bakers a little bit. We get a little bit of their insights. Linda and Ermine said they're looking forward to pastry week. And uh, I guess they did not feel strongly about bread, Linda mm-hmm. and Ermine. They felt mm-hmm. strongly about pastry that they would do well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <laughs> Laura says she's apprehensive about pastry, which is interesting. Mm. And she said that last week the judges said they wanted to see more refinement from her. So that's just like setting up her story storyline. And then we get into the signature. Shall we do it? Let's. All right. So for the signature bake, the bakers would have to put their own spin on Cornwall's national dish, which is the pasty. It's pasty, right? <laughs> okay. It's not pasty. Let's clarify this really quickly. I'm pretty okay. sure it's past as in fast, like pasty. It's so, pasty. Yes. So it's not pasty. Right. So do you know when you are wearing a t-shirt outside and you don't want to wear a bra, but you also don't want anyone to know how cold you are? Mm-hmm. Pasty. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> or like um if you're eating uh something and it tastes like glue, you're like, hmm, that's pasty. Also pasty, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But today we're going to be making pasties. Pasties. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good thing we <laughs> clarified because there have been a whole third of episode where I was pronouncing pasty wrong. <laughs> well, we're going to find out. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the bakers must make eight of them. They can choose any filling. The judges say that they all, or no one says that they can be free to personalize them any way they want. Uh, they are looking for at least 15 centimeters long, and they could be in any shape. And Noel says that uh, he would make them in the shape of Paul's powerful buttocks, which is, uh, <laughs> does Paul have powerful buttocks? I would think so. He's got powerful handshake. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. And uh, the bakers get two hours. Do you think you would get bonus points if you actually switched up your bake to Paul's powerful buttocks. I think you would get bonus points from no. Yeah. I don't know about Paul. Paul would not like that. Especially <laughs> if you made it like life size. Oh, <laughs> I think you would just win the competition like automatically if okay. it was life size. Yeah. This would be the last episode if somebody did that. I would have like, Alright, you're the winner of uh, Bake Off. <laughs> not only this season, but all the seasons. We're ending the show after this. <laughs> You did it. <laughs> All right, let's get into Dave. Uh, Dave is making Thai basil chicken pasties. Pasties. Yum. 
It's okay. Just go with it. <laughs> pasties. They're a shortcut pasty or they're shortcut pastry. This is gonna be a, a train wreck, do guys. <laughs> shortcut pastry for spiced chicken, jasmine rice, which is interesting, and sweet chili dipping sauce on the side. And it's gonna be decorated with chili motifs. So he was inspired by a recent trip to Thailand. And what's interesting is that he's making chili dipping sauce on the side. Mm-hmm. And he presents his his pasties to the judges, and they eat it. Pierce says they're nice and even, they're nicely baked. Paul bites into it and says the flavor is okay. However, there was a lot of rice in it, and the rice kind of dried it out, and it doesn't really have a wow factor. Mm. And then at this point, I think Dave or Noah suggests he eat it with the the chili dipping sauce mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and improves us yeah that would have made a huge difference which is interesting because i would have figured that if there's a side of chili sauce that automatically you would eat that with his pasties <laughs> i agree but it did not seem like that was taken into consideration during the judging period yeah it didn't seem like it counted which um I think it should count, right? Because there's been other times where the bakers present like a side of tea or like a side of like this, and they're supposed to eat it with that. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it wasn't really a, like in the official competition. This chili sauce. Yeah, maybe he should have actually put it in there, right? And that would have been okay, like she said. But still, it's there. Yeah, but I think what. Dave was getting it because I've been to Thailand and I've had some of their dishes. Mm-hmm. And there is a side of like sweet chili dipping sauce that's delicious. But I wouldn't, I would automatically assume that that's a part of the dish because I don't know. It came with the dish, so you should eat it with there. the dish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or is it like if you don't put it into the actual dish itself, it doesn't really count because we're lazy and we don't want to dip things? Well, we're going to see some dipping later on. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, and we're going to, Figured out that Paul like hates dipping. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a fan of dipping. He wants you to you dip it for him. He doesn't want to do it. So. Pre-dipped, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. This was kind of questionable. Hmm. Although you okay. did pick Dave to go home, so this bodes well for you. Yeah, I, I don't want Dave to go home. Oh. I don't want anyone to go home. Um, maybe except for one person <laughs> wow <laughs> i think we know who that is and i think we know that person's not a baker okay so <laughs> on to ermine our accountant ermine is making moroccan tagine pasties okay so during this round everyone is making one of two types of of dough right so they're either making mm-hmm. rough puff or they're making a short but not ermine She's thinking outside the box again, which we like. We like this about her. She's making a hybrid rough and short pastry for hers. Yeah. She's really into that Lincoln Park, that hybrid theory. The hybrid theory, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Rock on, Herbie. Rock on. Yes. Inspired from music from, what was it, like 30 years ago? <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> Child for, inspired from uh, music from my teenage years. Okay. So Armin's pasty, now I want to say pasty, pasty is going to contain spiced lamb, chickpea, raisins, and preserved lemon. 
Off the bat, Prue says that it sounds absolutely delicious as long as the pastry doesn't fall to bits. So no pressures there. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, we're going to find out. During judging, okay, I want to preface this for whatever reason. Now, we just alternate bakers, right? That's the format mm-hmm. of the show. But for yeah, whatever yeah. reason, the judges spent one and a half to two times longer on all the people that I have to cover. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that, but you and know. I was like, "Well, there's a lot of time where I get to like drink my tea while yeah. watching this." I didn't, normally, like, I'm like writing notes like crazy, but there were some right. moments this episode where I was like, "Oh, I finished my tea. Yeah. <laughs> I got to finish my tea." Yeah. I was like, "Okay, me already." <laughs> so, yeah. bear with me here. Paul says that another couple minutes in the oven. So, Hermine admits that she was running behind, and Paul says, oh, "Okay, so you're rushing it." So not too good there. We have a lot of, it seems like, pale bakes this first round. Yeah. But Prue did say that it was nice and full. Paul said that the the lamb is beautiful. Everything's cooked beautifully. It has great flavors and spices. Prue says just the right amount of veg to meat. And Paul says that it's a lovely pasty because you've got good pastry on the outside that's quite buttery. And there's about four other comments that really just say it's good. (laughs) (laughs) so so let's go with that well done well done armin yeah good job armin yeah and then uh the next six bakers they're just like they're okay and then the segment ends because it's all the time now Now we're going into the technical (laughs) (laughs) now now we get laura laura is making proper tasty pasties pasties With our rough puff pastry, do they with have church cheddar? <laughs> I'm thinking about a tasty pasty that could be a See, brand for something. That's intentionally trying to trip me up because tasty <laughs> rhymes with pasty, the tasty doesn't rhyme with pasty. Tasty, <laughs> unless pasties. I say pasty patsy. <laughs> okay, a patsy okay. is something else altogether. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, this is what I wrote down proper tasty pasties with rough puff pastry that's like a <laughs> that's like a mine that's like a mine of like letters and words it is, it is. <laughs> good good on you for getting that out <laughs> so she's making it with mature cheddar not immature cheddar which is the cheddar just you know that plays video games and goes <laughs> out making trouble with his friends and i don't what did bad kids do these days play pogs on the street that's probably dead that's very dated probably <laughs> yeah probably well not if you were listening to lincoln park <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm giving away my age in this episode <laughs> so yeah mature cheddar and not immature cheddar and also thyme which uh, sounds pretty good mm-hmm. and also with the cream and dijon mustard so um props to laura she said she actually studied paul's book when she tells us to paul Mm-hmm. Which is always a good thing. <laughs> she replies second, with, "Yeah, she's the second baker to do this, and it seems to bode well." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know they know that better up Paul. He's like, <laughs> um, he's like a uh, a good pastry sheet. You just gotta butter him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul replies with, "I think you do well on this challenge," which is you know funny. <laughs> Paul likes the compliments. Um, during judging, Paul actually does say it's a nice color. There's some crimping, however, they would have liked a little bit more crimping. We're going to get into, like, proper crimping later. Mm. And um, crimping, not crumping. Crumping is like a sport where, like, you're dancing. That's not what they're doing this episode. 
Right. Yeah, it would have been cool if they did some crumping. I would love to see Laura break out some crumping on the dance floor. No, no, that's happening. Uh, Prue says that uh, her pasties are nice and fat, which she enjoys. They're big. She wants those big pasties. <laughs> and both both the judges agree that they're flaky and moist. They're a perfect blend of ingredients and that they're well done. So good job on Laura this week. She, uh, she's kind of very apprehensive about how this was going to go in the beginning, but she's, she did well in the signature. Mm-hmm. It was a good start. I just realized that I'm regretting telling you that it's pasties instead of pasties because I would want to have heard you say some of these things like big pasties. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On to Linda, our retirement living team leader. She's using Rough Puff. She's been to Goa and a couple of times and uh, she tells us she's walked quite away in the morning to get samosas. So inspired by that, she's making some spicy Indian pasties, we think. <laughs> it's going to have spiced chicken thigh, diced potatoes and coriander in the shape of a samosa with a karma symbol, which looks like a yin-yang to me, out of nigella seeds. Yep. Okay, so you mentioned crimping and crumping, one baker crumps. <laughs> and it's <laughs> Linda. <laughs> yep. <laughs> During judging, right off the bat, Prue says, did she read the stuff about that they wanted them crimped <laughs> or did she miss it? <laughs> to which Linda yeah. replies, I missed that while I was crumping. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was too busy breaking it down on the dance floor. Yes, yes. Yeah. To Lincoln Park. And <laughs> <laughs> Can you dance to Lincoln Park? Sure. That's not really like a, like, I don't think that that's like dancing. That's like more like head banging. Okay. I mean, I feel like you could crump to anything. <laughs> no? Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Paul just calls her out and says, basically, we have a samosa. <laughs> However, <laughs> he likes the color of them. They're a little bit white in places and broken up slightly. Uh, again, a bit longer in the oven, perhaps. We talked about how she was going to put that karma symbol on there, but it didn't happen. So in sense, she ended up just kind of sprinkling the nigella seeds on. Yeah, that's never good. Yeah, so Prue calls her on that saying that the stenciling didn't work, but it still looked very nice. So that's good. Paul follows up by saying the flavors are fantastic. She's got the idea of samosas right in there, but would have liked to seen the crimping that she didn't do. Mm. So just like Dave putting the sauce on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Linda's crumping uh, was also not taken into yeah. consideration for this. But he did, Paul did like the combination of the butteriness with the most filling. A delicious lunch, Prue says, well done. So still good kudos, despite not following the rules exactly. <laughs> kudos indeed. Yeah. All right, next we have Lottie. Lottie is making toad in the hole less pasties. Which contain rough puff pasty with Lincolnshire sausages and mashed potato. Sounds delicious. Mm. Um, anything with mashed potato I love because I love mashed potato. Yes. Quick question. So let's say you order a steak dinner and they give you a choice of french fries, mashed uh, potato, or baked potato. Yes. What would you normally pick? I always pick baked. Hmm. But I always picked french fries or mashed. Okay, but here's why. <laughs> Here's why. 
because they're so hard to bake? Yes. Yes. A proper no, no. Because <laughs> at my home, I don't have the proper condiments. Like when I order a baked potato uh, at a steakhouse, I get sour cream, I get bacon bits, I get the chives, I get Oh, you get the loaded baked potato. Right, right, right. Mm. At home, I don't normally carry those things in the fridge. That's that's why. Mm. But I agree with you. The other two things are probably far more difficult to make. <laughs> <laughs> I always get mashed potato because I love mashed potato mm. or French fries because I mean, I can make mashed potatoes and French fries. They just take more effort. And the yeah. French fries, I have to like take out like if I want to make it, I want to make it really good. I have to bring out like the deep frying oil and then mm. like just make the whole house smell like oil. Then I gotta dump the oil. It's still worth it. French fries are delicious. <laughs> anyway, okay. Okay. the conclusion is French fries are delicious. I agree. <laughs> Back to Lottie. I agree. Yeah. Um, so when Lottie mentions the mashed potatoes, Bruce says she's not convinced about them because she's concerned that they will be stodgy. Mm -hmm. And she says, I have hope, if not faith, about the mashed potato. So Prue uh, is hoping they'll come out well, but she's kind of skeptical that they will. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lottie has some trouble during this challenge because she's she runs out of time. At one point, she's like, um, I need I really need to put them in the oven. I know they're supposed to be nicer and neat, but they need time to cook. So I'm going to prioritize that. I think which is a good call. You always want to make sure um, your your bake has time to cook. <laughs> mm -hmm. While they're cooking, the butter leaks out because they aren't crimped properly, which uh, is a shame. Because she did some crimping, but when she actually put them on the oven, it doesn't. You can't really see the crimping on it. Yeah. It just looks like it just looks like um, I don't know a folded <laughs> taffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she did good with the presentation because her cousin made her some kind of toad modes to put mm -hmm. the passies on. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think they would have been really cool if like, it looked better. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to say. And uh, yeah, Lottie acknowledges it's a shame that there's no crimp right before bringing it to the judges. During judging process, they are messy, but there's a good color. And when they bite into it, they say that they're flaky. They taste amazing. So her putting it into the oven instead of focusing on the decoration kind of paid out. Prue says, I was wrong. The mashed potato works very well and they taste amazing. But, you know, overall, just a little bit of messy. So I think, you know, she did pretty good, like considering how they looked like when they came out of the oven. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, Q. You know, when I use your full name, this is going to be a serious conversation. Uh -uh. We have to have a difficult conversation here. Oh, no. Do you know how in different parts of the world, words mean something different, such as biscuit, right? Yep. Biscuit in the UK is a cookie. But over here, <laughs> we don't think of it the same way, right? No, I want, I want like um, fried chicken biscuit. <laughs> right. right, right. So... One of those words that don't mean the same thing is pantomime. <laughs> there is a British definition for pantomime. Really? Yes. What is it? In the UK, a pantomime or panto, as it is usually affectionately called, is a, is a form of interactive theater performed around the Christmas season for the entertainment 
of millions of families. Panto blends the traditions of the Italian, okay, I can't pronounce this, <laughs> Commedia dell'arte with British old time music hall. I think comedia is just comedy. Okay. <laughs> I don't think this is the same kind of pantomime that we were expecting. So, what I was expecting was, you know, in Pokemon, there's a Mr. Mime. Yes. And all he does is like just do mime things. Yeah. And then you're like, is this even a Pokemon or is this a person? <laughs> Which yes. is a whole different issue. Right. Um, we'll say that for a Pokemon podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what I was expecting. Is like a guy in like a striped, like white and black shirt with a little beret. And yes. He, can't, he he's just constantly stuck inside walls and constantly yes. needs like rope. Yes. That's not what we're we're gonna get, right? I don't think so. Okay. Um should we just quit the podcast now? Yeah. <laughs> I was looking forward to this. <laughs> I know, I know. Same. I'm gonna pick somebody new now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it still sounds cool. It's still theater and it's still sounds very entertaining. It's right. just I I wanted to see a lot of like via mime. Be a I Mr. Mime. Mean, I mean, we don't know which one it is. That's true. We don't know, but I just, I, I just wanted to put that out there. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Okay, on to the show. Next, we have yeah. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Mark with a C, our bronze resident sculptor. Okay, so Mark's got a little pressure on him because he's representing Cornwall. Cornwall. He's making cornfish. Cornfish? I combined Cornish and fish into one word. Cornish fish pasties. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I'm still trying to recover from uh, the mime situation. No, okay. it's okay. okay. Take, take your time. Okay. Take all the time you need. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so Mark is making Cornish fish pasties. It's going to have monkfish, asparagus, and samphire with a creamy lemon sauce. And he's mm. going to have a fish design on the top which kind of looked like a Pac-Man with a triangle on his back. <laughs> yeah, <Right. laughs> I love it. So during the prep, Paul asks, how many pleats are you doing? To which Mark responds, I don't know, as many as I can. Should there be a set number? And then Paul says, yeah, I'm not going to tell you now. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is where that cell phone would come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> you can Wikipedia it. Or if Mark C was standing close to Mark K. Actually, it's not Mark C and Mark K, but it's Mark with a C was standing next to Mark with a K because Mark with a K tells us how many it should be. Yep, he tells us it's 20. Yes, yes. So again, right off the bat during judging, Paul says you're lacking the amount of pleats, should be around 20 to 21, and Mark with a C is about seven or eight short. Mm -hmm. So he follows up by saying the big thing for him is the lack of color. They look a bit pale. The flavor is good, but it's bone dry. So a little more cream would have given it more moisture. And then Prue says, it's a lovely pastry. If he did it faster and hotter, it would have kept a little more of the color. So it seems like, it's interesting because it's a pale bake, but it's also bone dry. Yeah. Um, yep. That. It's interesting. <laughs> it's like, how did he get the inside to overcook to get the outside to undercook? 
Yeah. <laughs> so pretty rough. Yeah, pretty rough puff there. No if top. I, no top. I will say, no top. This this episode is not top markers. No. No. <laughs> um, next we get regular Mark, aka Mark with a K. Um, he's making alu gabi pasties. Pasties. Which are Indian inspired. It contains spiced shortcrust pastry with roasted cauliflower <laughs> and paneer cheese curry, which I do like some paneer mm. curry. Mm. Um, so much was last week's Star Baker. So this whole episode, I was like, is it Curse of Star Baker? We're going to find out. <laughs> Prue says Star Baker doesn't guarantee anything straight up to his face. <laughs> I was like, why did Prue say that? <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> I think she was just like joking with him, though. Bruce planned the doubt this this first round. Yeah, we're doing Lottie and Mark. Um, so Mark, yeah, does give us the info, the intel, that a perfect Dennis pastry is 20 crimps. And this, yeah. I didn't know that they were so particular with how many crimps were on a traditional pasty. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, if you want to taste a, a pasty, I guess you got to taste those extra crimps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he has some trouble with time because at one minute he's like, There's only 15 minutes left of the challenge and I need 20 minutes. Ah! <laughs> but he just throws it in the oven. Um, during judging, Cruz says they're beautiful and they're full like a pasty should be. So it's pretty like something big in his signature. Mm-hmm. Paul says they're gorgeous tasting, they're very good, and the spices are nice. And uh, they're they're very, they love his pasties. And then at one point I was like, is he going to get a handshake? Is he not going to get a handshake? <laughs> and then he gets a handshake from Matt, which I don't think counts for anything. It's like a, it's like how, you know, Dave made that dipping sauce that didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A handshake from Matt, uh, I guess doesn't really count either as a, a pot Hollywood handshake. But um, mm. I mean, still he did a very good job, Mark. Yeah, he did. He did. All right, and finally we have Peter, our accounting and finance student. He's making kidgeri pasties. He's using rough puff with smoked haddock, white basmati rice, and petty pois, which are little peas. And also he's going to have a boiled egg center. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about Peter's, though, is it's going to be shaped like a haddock or more like a generic fish in his words. <laughs> so, but it was cool because it was shaped like a fish and it had scales and everything on it. Yeah, have you ever seen um, Kiki Kiki's Delivery Service? I have not. It's an anime, and then Kiki she delivers these fish pies, and then Peter's bake reminded me of these fish pies. Mm. And I was like, has Peter been watching Kiki's Delivery Service? <laughs> because it was just recently put on HBO Max, uh-huh. and I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if Peter was at home watching Kiki's Delivery Service. And getting ideas. Wow, what if he did? Then he owes Kiki some love. (laughs) Oh, okay. Good connection there, though. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. You're good. good. This is your guy, Peter. So, my boy. Yeah, I tried to jinx him last week. Let's see how it turns out. (laughs) (laughs) He's a real boy. (laughs) So, during judging, Paul says that the overall look is fantastic. It's like a flat fish and it looks great. Prue says that she was a bit worried that it would be stodgy, but in fact, it's certainly not. It's a bit dry. Hmm. And then Paul follows up by saying, there's a nice kick of flavor there, but unfortunately, you've got rice sitting on pastry, which is very good, but essentially, it's quite dry. 
So a little mm. bit of a mixed bag up here. The jinx could be in effect. Yeah, they shouldn't. Dave and Peter dried out their pasties putting rice in it. Mm -hmm. I think that they've been listening to too much vanilla ice because he's always like, you know, rice, rice, pasty. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yes. Rice, rice, pasty. Dun, dun. Yeah, they, they shouldn't do that. Bad idea. Oh my gosh, I want to loop that and make it your ringtone. Rice, rice, pasty. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, let's go on. <laughs> That's the end of the signature bank. <laughs> okay. Shall we get into the technical? Let's let's move on with the show. Let's get into the technical. Let's... Technical bank. Every time you do that, I regret <laughs> telling you it's past. Okay. So up next is the technical. This time it's set by Prue. And Prue gives us some words of wisdom by saying, this is all about refinement. So the inside must be as perfect as the outside. Our bakers are tasked to make three raspberry and three salted caramel eclairs. Matt does good here by saying, Prue is looking for precision, perfect piping, and baked until golden brown. And the bakers are going to get two hours, 15 minutes to complete this. During a little uh, meetup with Paul and Prue, Paul says that personally, he thinks it's a good technical challenge. Prue says that most people think that eclairs are very easy, but if you want really high-end, elegant, special ones, then you have to do a lot of work. And we're going to find out that in this case, it does require a lot of work. I thought it was going to be easier for them. but um, It sounds easy. Like Eclairs are something we, we're very familiar with. Yes. And it doesn't sound too complicated, but for some reason, in Bake Off and all the previous seasons, every time they've done Eclair, mm -hmm. they've all had a lot of troubles. Yes. Uh, I think it's deceptively simple, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. We're definitely going to see that. Prue did mention uh, that the creme pat has to be flavored with salted caramel, and the other half is going to be with seedless raspberry puree. 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 She didn't say uh, raspberry straight up juice. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which happens. It's puree she wants. So speaking of raspberry juice, I'm going to go over the bottom three bakers of the technical. And in last place, surprisingly, is Linda. I'm, I'm saying surprisingly because in the previous two episodes, she was first in the technical. Mm -hmm. so she went from first place first place to last place, which is kind of a shame for Linda. Mm -hmm. um, I could kind of sense that she was not confident about this because in the beginning of the round, she was like, I'm not sure about this one. It's been a long time since I made it. She has some trouble while she's making her eclairs. They weren't rising. And she kind of looked lost the whole time and unsure of what to do, especially after she put them out of the oven. During judging, the judges caught on that um, her eclairs were very irregular because one of the eclairs did not have creme pat on the inside. <laughs> she couldn't get it on the inside, so she just made like a little ball of it on the side. And she was like, she, I think her idea was that um, they would just dip it into <laughs> a creme pat. Right. Which is, that's not a, so that's not an eclair. Um, Linda's not successful this episode at kind of following the brief and the instructions. Yeah, yeah. Because in the signature, she didn't really do the cribbing, and now, like, her, like, her basically, she made a... Imagine if you got, like, a 
a jelly donut and the jelly was on the outside. <laughs> they were like, "Use it." Yeah, she made like a samosa the first round and then baked the churro in the yeah. second <laughs> round, basically. Right. But the thing is that I think they, I think they would have tasted good. <laughs> so yeah, but um, the judges are like, "This is not happening." Paul dips. He actually does take the the Claire and dip into the crumb pat, and he just looks angry. <laughs> he does not look happy. Mm. And he also says there's no rise on the eclair itself. And he just ends his judging with, that's terrible. He's just very upset. <laughs> Oof. Uh, next we get Mark with a C in second to last place. A.K.A. Hamich. A.K.A. what else are we calling him? I think he's Mark E, right? Uh, yeah. Mar Marky but Mark? That's actually, yeah, Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg says he hasn't made eclairs before. <laughs> um... And when he's making his crumb pats, he's like, this is kind of lumpy. During judges, the judges also mentioned the same thing. They said that his crumb pat is actually scrambled and his eclairs needed longer in the oven. So not a good uh, technical for Mark with a C, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> and <laughs> in third to last place, we have Laura. Laura, um, in the beginning, while she's making her eclairs, she's like, you, you know, creme pat, it's just a posh word for custard. Which I was like, is that true? Is creme pat just like a fancier custard? It kind of seems like it could be. Yeah. But um, one thing is that they're both delicious. Yes. <laughs> I kind of want some right now. But anyway, <laughs> Laura's judging when they get to her. They say that Harry Claire's are skinny. The pastry is not baked enough. And it's bad texture. So yeah, third to last place. Um okay so since i'm going over bottom three i kind of feel like all seven bakers were in the bottom three <laughs> yeah <laughs> i agree with you first place was way above the rest yeah okay so i'm gonna cover the next to the bottom two of the first place and then the, the first place <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a good way to put it yeah <laughs> okay so in third place Mark with a K. During judging, Prue says she's cheering up a little bit here because there are these are more or less okay. However, when she's going through them, she's like empty, empty. Okay, this one's got some. So not too great because he didn't have a lot of creme pat filling either. It was really soupy. Paul says that the caramel in there is okay. Prue says that there's very little cream creme pat in the middle. At the very end, Prue says that you are redeemed by the fact that the pastry was well cooked and that they tasted delicious, but they were really messy. Hmm. Yeah, it's that liquid um, crumb pat. It just like spilled out of there like water. <laughs> yep. In second place, we have Ermine. So that was a nice, uh, I wouldn't say a surprise, but Ermine's on a roll here. Mm -hmm. But her, she's like, she's butter. Put her on a roll and then give her to Paul Hollywood because he loves bread. That's right. Okay, so. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why I had to say all that. <laughs> okay, during judging, <laughs> Prue says these are rather fat. I think she means P H A T. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty hot and tempered. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, but Paul says, but having said that, they look like eclairs which in this group of eclairs is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. The raspberry one actually tastes okay, and the eclair is actually baked well. 
Proust says, not a bad effort at the very end. Paul says, these are pretty good, but they just could have been a little bit thinner. They're just a little bit too fat. P-H-A-T. If they, <laughs> if they look like irregular eclairs, you're automatically top two in this challenge. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then on to the clear winner, Peter. The jinx is over, guys. During judging, Paul said that these are all the same. Quite neat. The right consistency of the creme pat. Good flavor as well. Prue says, mmm. All right, she didn't say that. But she did say, mmm. <laughs> you throw it off at the end there. It, was, it's like, mm. it wasn't quite a prugasm, right? No. It was, it was a bit short of a prugasm. It was a, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. I don't know. So Paul said, not bad at all, very good. And at the end, Prue said they were delicious. Her only quarrel was that they were probably a little bit fat. But she thought they were lovely. They both thought they were very lovely. Well done. <laughs> I think what happened was in the getting of the, the signature, all the, the bigger pasties, she yeah. was like, these are great. I like how big they are. Yeah. And all the bakers are like, Prue's like big. We're going to make them big. Yes, yes. And then the technical, she's like, these are too big. What are you guys doing? Yeah, she switched <laughs> it up. <laughs> it's just funny. But um, yes. yeah, I mean, if you made anything like a, an eclair, you probably won the challenge. Yes, yes. But yeah, that's our technical. We don't really get a uh, judges roundtable between the technical and the showstopper. Mm -hmm. We just head straight into the showstopper in this episode. So, so will we. Time for the showstopper bake. All right, for the showstopper, the bakers were given the intricate task of making a sweet tart hidden under a latisse pastry cage. Retro man, Randy Savage cage. It's gonna be a cage fight. <laughs> so they brought out ladders and they started just hitting ladders on each other. Oh, yeah. And then um, Rick Flair came out and he did his signature move. No, none of that happened. <laughs> Rick Flair, Rick Flair was last week when we had all that drip. He <laughs> yeah. came through. He came through with that drip. Um, he also joked that this was created by Nicolas Cage, one of my favorite actors, because he's a crazy person, and he was great in Face Off. Also, I digress. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Nicolas Cage probably watches his show. It's his favorite show. Which I can see Nicolas Cage getting really amped up on his couch watching Baking Show. Oh, I, I definitely think so. Yeah. Um, you know, Nicholas Cage, he owns a castle. What? He does? Yeah, he he, he has a castle. He bought a castle. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the bakers get three hours and 45 minutes. Wait, where's this castle? Is it in the UK? I think it's in Europe. I don't know if it's in the UK, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So basically, Nick Cage is a... Uh, a castle master? I don't know what that's <laughs> Okay. Okay. Side note, he also has like two albino like um snakes that are like really rare. Uh-huh. And he says that if you look at them long enough, they'll get you into a trance that makes you want to get into the cage with them so they can eat you. Okay. Anyway, I love Nicolas Cage. He's a crazy I'm person. You stay that. crazy, Nicolas Cage. You I'm... stay crazy. <laughs> Um, so Bruce says about the, these caged tarts, we've gone all out. We want the most glamorous, beautiful caged pastry. It has to be luscious, the kind of caged tart that you want to eat another bite, but you can't because it's so rich. 
impasse is cage. The cage itself can't be too solid that you can't see the tarts, but it still has to be sound structurally. And he says he's also looking for a beautiful thin base packed with filling, and he wants a beautifully decorated tart. So the judges are basically, they want to see a beautiful cage, checkmark one, and they want to see a delicious and beautifully decorated tart, checkmark two. Uh, let's go into our first picture, Dave, for his showstopper. He's making a chocolate, mango, and lime tart inspired by the Lou. So the Lou is like a famous museum in Paris, and it has a very cool like um, architectural piece to it. It kind of looks like a, a pyramid, but it's kind of like see-through. It's very cool. And Dave did pretty well with uh, his inspiration and, and designing his cage for this. So it has a citrus tequila filling, decorative mango slices, and the sweet pastry cage is made out of chocolates. And when he's describing all this, Prue kind of thinks that um, it's going to be difficult to stick together his cage with caramel. Mm. So, yeah, Prue's a little skeptical this episode. Mm -hmm. But during judging, when he actually brings it out, Prue's like, I was wrong. <laughs> it looks amazing. <laughs> uh, Paul says the cage looks great. And specifically, the cage that's chocolate on the outside. And then you can kind of see the mango, like really, like an orange mango tart on the inside. It looks really nice with the contrast. Like you can see through the cage, and that mango looks delicious from the outside of the cage. Prue says the flavor is lovely. She loves the mango. Paul says the base is good. There's good structure. And the holding is harmonious. So yeah, Dave, my pick to go home this week. Proving me wrong. <laughs> he is definitely not going home this week. He's doing very well. Who was your pick to win this week? Linda. Okay, up next we have Armin. <laughs> <laughs> up next we have Armin. <laughs> She's making a lime confit and lemon meringue tart with lime jelly topped with sweet Italian meringue and lemon curd macaroons. And it's gonna be boxed with an ornate pastry cage decorated with white sugar pearls. Hmm. <laughs> During judging, Prue said that she thought this looked beautiful. It was a really clever design and she managed to get it work until Paul Hollywood wrecked the whole thing. <laughs> So while he was trying to remove it, it basically crumbled. And Noel called him Thunderfingers, which was very, Thunderfingers. Which was very funny and accurate. Macho man, Randy Savage, Thunderfingers. Okay, yes. <laughs> Save that for Slim Jim week. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a Slim Jim week. Yeah. I think they could do some amazing things with Slim Jim. Yeah. <laughs> like rapid and puff pastry. Okay, so... <laughs> Prue says, however, that shows that the pastry would be delicious. So apparently if anything crumbles in Paul's hands, it's going to be yummy. Paul <laughs> says that the flavors are lovely, but she could have done a little bit thinner with the base. Prue said that the pastry is beautiful. However, this is a really big, hefty Paul Hollywood cage with a delicate, tiny, feminine middle. And yeah. Paul sums it up best when he says, basically, it's a Prue tart with a Paul Hollywood base. Very accurate. Overall, the flavors are absolutely spot on. So good on Armin. Yeah. Channeling Paul and Prue into a bake is probably a very amazing thing that you can do. 
Yes. They're different spirits, and if you could get both of the spirits into your bank, you're doing pretty well there, I mean. Yes. It's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Like, it's a true Cyrus. Hannah. Yeah, a yeah. true Hannah Montana. Yeah. <laughs> Irving pulls off a true Hannah Montana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so next we get Laura. She gives the judges a Slim Jim and she goes, Slap into a Slim Jim! And then they give her Star Baker and she wins the show. End of the episode. Wow. <laughs> no, no. Laura makes a Kent Garden Tart. Uh-huh. It's inspired by Key Lime Pie, which, uh, to her credit, Paula loves Key Lime Pie. So she's very good at buttering up Paul this episode. Maybe she did a lot of homework here. Yeah, Paul's like, key lime pie? That's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> her bake contains key lime filling, Italian meringue, and fresh fruit. Um, her dome is created out of puff pastry, and it will have rose garden decorations. The decorations will be of snails and butterflies. I think butterflies are very pretty, but I think snails are gross. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know why you would decorate your beautiful heart with snails, but yeah, maybe yeah. she likes snails. Anyway, um, at one point, no asked her, "Who would you put in your cage?" And she's like, "I would put Peter in a cage. <laughs> a mini Peter in a cage would be pretty cute." And then she's like, "Yeah, I could. I would feed him cheese, which is pretty funny." <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, Laura's getting comedy points this episode too. When she's finished, Laura says that she's never been as proud of anything as she had, as she's had for a showstopper. So yeah, um, going into judging, she is very happy with what she baked. During judging, Prue says that it's a very impressive cage and it's lovely. Paul says the tart underneath looks really nice when they actually bite into the tart. Prue says the key lime flavor is lovely. And Paul's like, hmm, you can feel the lime in the back of your cheeks. You've excelled yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Laura's doing very well. <laughs> that thing looked amazing. That Yeah, it did look good. It looked really nice. Okay, so up next we have Linda. Linda is making a gypsy tart with a sweet crust pastry for the tart case, which she also adapted for the cage that she's going to be making. So she tells us that gypsy tart is just sugar and evaporated milk, a favorite of hers when she was in school. We also find that this was one of Noel's favorites when he was in mm. primary. So. <laughs> he was very excited about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be topped with a coffee and brandy soaked sponge and decorated with a chocolate filigree with a very colorful, it was bright red, yellow, and green, <laughs> rose water flavored <laughs> pastry dome. Dome. Okay. Dome. Yes. During judging, Paul says, what happened to the cage? She <laughs> had, unfortunately, a rough couple of days here because yeah. she probably had, would you say, about a third of the, a third to a half of the cage on there, if that. Yeah. It I just think co- her, yeah, her, her theme of this, or her story of this episode was that she wasn't able to follow the instructions. Yeah, I mean, that thing, unfortunately, just crumbled. So she she did say that it usually lifts up, but today it stayed on the bowl. Prue did say that she loved the gypsy colors and loved the flavor. Paul said it was a bit thick, but it could have been a little bit thinner. There's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of size proportion things happening this episode. Yeah. But he liked yeah, the flavor. Yeah, he liked the flavor. It's very traditional. Uh, but he said it was quite frustrating that they weren't able to see the full impact 
the way that it looks doesn't look good. So yeah. Not a good look. Not a good look for Linda this episode, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, next we have Lottie. Lottie is making apple tree tart. Um, so it's a chew pastry pyramid. The pastry itself and the tarts will be apple puree, caramelized apple, boozy apple, and toffee popcorn creme diplomat. Well, that's a lot of apple. <laughs> like, there's a lot of awful things going on here. Yeah. Um, so one of the controversial things that happens here is that while she's describing her tart, Paul's like, will it actually be a tart without like a sauce? Because mm. I guess with a tart, you need like a sauce. Mm -hmm. And Lottie, in preparation of this, because she knew Paul was going to say that, says she actually looked up the definition of a tart in the dictionary. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the word tart, it's just a French, it's derived from a French word that just means flat pastry. So yeah, she's like, Paul, I looked up what a tart is, and by definition, it's just a flat pastry. Uh, do you think Paul enjoys this? <laughs> no, no. But um, props to Lottie for sticking it to Paul, what a tart is. Yeah, but Paul kind of sticks to his guns. Yeah, he does. He's like, I know what a tart is. I can just imagine him backstage smashing things to be like, I know what a tart is. Yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage. Shoot, stop it to Slim Jim. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, during judging, the judges both agreed that the cage is sensational. It's pretty exceptional. And Paul again questions if it is a tart without a sauce. However, it did taste beautiful. Um, how it, but it did look a little messy. It's not the sauce though, right? It's the sides. Like the crust. Oh, the sides. The crust, right? Yeah. yeah, the crust. The crust, yeah. yeah. The crust looked messy. And he was also like, is this a tart? <laughs> <laughs> because we know Paul doesn't like dipping into sauces. <laughs> yeah. And he ends his judging with, everything is made well, but did you follow the brief? So, <laughs> yeah. I think from right when Lottie brought up the definition of what a tart was, she was. She was setting herself up for a fight with Paul. <laughs> yes, yes. Sometimes definitions are not quite... They're open to interpretation, like pantomime. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good, good way to tie that back into that. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping it's pantomime definition number one. <laughs> <laughs> I still have hope for that. Yep, me too. Okay, so up next, Mark with a C. He's making a posh apple and blackberry tart. He tells us that his favorite pudding in the whole wide world is blackberry <laughs> and apple pie. The whole wide world. Okay. So he's making a, another thing I can't pronounce. A, is it Sable Breton base? Yeah, that's okay. Over there. okay. Blackberry jam, caramelized apples, and a chocolate creme. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get Rosetta Stone. I didn't get yeah. Rosetta Stone big time. Okay. And topped with glazed blackberries, chocolate, and sesame twills. It's going to have mm -hmm. a full puff pastry cage, which is like a, it looked like a lattice dome, decorated with short crust flowers and vine leaves. During judging, Paul says that it looks highly effective. The colors look very good and likes the way the tart looks. It looks great. So a good look by Mark. Mm-hmm. Prue says, lovely and rich chocolate, but has a problem with the base. It's a bit big for the chocolate, but the decoration is very beautiful. 
Paul says he would have liked to have seen the chocolate to the edge of a very rich pastry, which is very thin. So it would have been spot on then. Because the hmm. base looks awkward. It doesn't yeah. belong to this delicate chocolate in there. So mm -hmm. conceptually not great from the get go. Yeah. Um, from the get go, Mark was a little questionable there. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go on to our second Mark, regular Mark, aka Mark with a K. Did I say regular Mark? Did I say Mark without a K? Yeah. Because okay. <laughs> how, <do> you, <laughs> how would anyone know who you're talking about? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, so, regular Mark, aka Mark with a K, is making a message in a bottle. Mm -hmm. Message in a bottle. His tart will be filled with pear and sage filling, a ginger pate sucre base ginger cream and it will be inside a cage in the shape of a bottle or will it be mm. <laughs> so uh, he makes his cage out of rough puff paul gets excited hearing about the sage because he loves sage but uh during this whole kind of challenge mark is having trouble on time and when he actually takes his cage out of the oven it's very hard to get off of like the mold that he put it in and it kind of breaks apart and then it collapses, which is unfortunate. Oof. It looked like so Swiss did, cheese. Yeah. I think he could he have like buttered like um the cage more because it just it looked like it was just sticking on to that mode. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. It was just rough. It was yeah. sad to see. Both for him and, yeah. and Linda. Yeah. The cage is not working out. It's like the first thing that the judges notice. Yeah. Bruce says, the cage didn't work. Paul said, it's not a good one. It's not Mark. And he also says, the piping is irregular as well. Bruce says, the tart is unusual, but delicious. And Paul's just more negative. He says, the pastry is far too thick. So yeah, very rough uh, judging for Mark. Yeah. All right. Finally, we have your pick, Peter. Peter's Peter. making a blackberry and lemon tart. Hmm. Shaped in a tiny macho man, Randy Savage, fighting two albino snakes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see macho man, Randy Savage, fighting Nicolas Cage, two albino <laughs> snakes that have the power to hypnotize you to get into a cage with them. Wouldn't That's... that be great? Yeah. Would... Let's, let's do a podcast on that. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Peter's actually making a <laughs> blackberry and lemon tart. Hazelnut with a hazelnut pastry base, a baked lemon filling, blackberry curd topped with candied lemon and caramelized hazelnuts. I mean, that sounds good too. Yeah. It will have an abstract wavy line dome short crust cage decorated with edible flowers. And Peter tells us that he loves a lemon tart and he thinks it's his favorite. Hmm. So he's feeling good about this one. During judging, Prue says that she likes the rather random look of the cage what he did is kind of abstract i liked it too it's really beautiful mm -hmm. yep paul said it was quite solid almost looks like it's made of bread lovely and tart <laughs> it's delicious paula's bread it puts a smile on your face yeah so i think you mentioned earlier when it was laura had uh, they were judging laura's and that key lime tartness put a smile on his face mm -hmm. yeah this is similar so yeah Paul thinks that partly because of the back of your cheeks, and then he makes this very unnatural looking smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> like the tartness gets back there. 
it forces you to smile, right? I'm, I'm just going to spoil my later thing of my funniest moment. Oh, okay. This is my funniest moment. Yeah. <laughs> Part's crazy face. Oh, okay. Yeah. Part, what did I call him? Part? Yeah. <laughs> Paul's crazy face. Yeah, I know what you mean. Paul's crazy face in reaction to the tart is my funniest moment of this episode. Okay. okay. It was crazy. Yeah. That could be like a gift. Someone should gift that. It should be a gift. Yeah. yeah. And so Paul concludes with, that's called a happy tart. <laughs> <laughs> they should, yeah, gift that and slap happy tart. That's called a happy yeah. tart. <laughs> he said that's lovely. So the jinx didn't work. Good on you. Good on Peter. Good job, young Peter. Yep. We will feed you cheese in a tiny cage. <laughs> because you did so well <laughs> as a reward. Yes. So that is all the showstoppers. Um, at this point, we get into the judges round table. And they're going over everybody. First take over, who's the line for Starbaker? The judges overall say the cages were astonishing. Besides Mark and Linda. They said Ermine did very well this episode. And we also spent half the episode covering just her. <laughs> so <laughs> she's a line for Star Maker. Right, right. As well as Dave, who did well, as well as Peter, who did well. However, Peter struggled in the signature a little bit. Uh. They also mentioned Laura Showstopper was also amazing. And she did well the whole episode. And she also buttered up Paul, which is good. <laughs> and then uh, in trouble, we have Mark, Mark, and Linda. And they said it's close. So yeah. Um, What's the, what's the opposite of top marks and bottom marks? Bottom marks, yeah. I was close because yeah. I had Peter for the win and I had Mark to go home. <laughs> Every episode, you always have a Mark to win to go home. Because <laughs> <laughs> you get two of them. It's, it's maths. Yeah, it is math. Okay. But yeah, they said it's going to be very close. Okay. And then we get into final results. Um, for a very contentious star baker, where there was like four or five people in line, Laura. Laura started making this episode. I'm not surprised though. She did very well. That showstopper was amazing. Yeah, the showstopper looked very good. Uh, good stuff on Laura. And it's an episode for the L's because they announced who's going home. And the other L that's going home is Linda, unfortunately. My pick to win Star Baker this week <laughs> is going home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she did have a rough episode. Yeah. She, like with the instructions and what they asked for, she didn't really deliver on that. So I wasn't really surprised. Yeah. I actually would have been surprised if it was anybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, Linda says she can't really be sad. She's been like a child at Disneyland. It's been amazing. It's been one of the highlights of my life. I know I can bake. I am so proud of myself. I mean, which is very, very heartwarming and sad to see Linda go. Yeah. And then for the first time, I think in a while, they announced what's going to happen next week. <laughs> and it's the first time that they're going to do a Japanese week. <laughs> yes. And Peter says, I'm looking forward to Japanese week <laughs> in the preview. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we get a little bit of preview of next week, which is kind of crazy. I mean, this is going to be fun. I know. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it will be very cool. Konnichiwa next week. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shall we go to our segment? Yes, let's. Um, first one we have is funniest moment. I already said mine, which is Paul's crazy face. <laughs> what was your funniest moment of this episode? Okay, so there, to me, there was only one funniest moment. And this is during the showstopper, a lot of the bakers were using a like a glass bowl and then putting their cages on top of them to form, putting the dough on top to form their cages. 
and Noel and Matt had a had a bit where Matt was lattice head. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. Where they had put a bunch of dough over Matt's shaved head, and I thought that was hilarious. So I'm that giving it good. to Matt this week. Lattice head. Good job, Matt. <laughs> um, I actually have a runner up too. As much like Noel was talking to Dave, uh-huh. and Noel was like, "You know, Dave, a person with a yellow shirt never oh, wants yeah. coffee for." <laughs> And Dave's wearing a yellow shirt, of course, which is pretty funny. I think he also said, like, a left-handed person, because Dave was also... Oh, yeah. He said, a left-handed person has never won Bake Off either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, was doing very well. I mean, last episode was when he told Peter, like, he's never made before Bakings for Losers. Yeah, yeah. That, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I see what you're doing, though. You just can't let Matt shine here, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I know what you're doing. I here. was just laughing, just thinking about it. Okay, okay. <laughs> a... It's funny. This moment of last episode carried over to this you... episode. I tried to, I tried to leave it off with Matt on a high note, but you had to come over it with some more no the... funny. I see what Matt, you're doing. Matt was here. good. At, Matt was funny this episode. I see what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> Matt, Matt's doing better in the mid season. Okay. okay. Uh, what was your favorite bake of the episode? Oh, I'm definitely eating the not. What is it? The not so whole, the holest toad pasty, <laughs> toad in the whole, the whole less pasty. Yeah, I'm eating that thing. You want that mashed potato? Yeah, and the sausage. Give me that mashed potato. Mm. We're about to do the mash, the potato mash. Yes. We did the mash, the potato mash. <laughs> Happy Halloween, this, everybody! Halloween's next week. This episode <laughs> has become a sing along for you. <laughs> A sing along and also a WWE yeah. uh, cage yeah. match. Yeah, we should do um, a quick mix the the musical podcast. <laughs> one of these episodes where we just sing the entire thing. Rice, rice, pasties. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Peter's uh, Kiki's delivery service fish pies. Mm. Even though the judges didn't like them, I want to eat them. Give it to me, Peter. I'll enjoy them. <laughs> and then I will also feed you cheese in a little cage. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, prediction time. Yes. We cannot pick Laura for Star Baker. Who do you think Star Baker next week? Yes. Who is going to channel their inner Japanese heritage? <laughs> <laughs> who, who was Japanese? Half Japanese for the last season or one of the other seasons I'm thinking about? I think you affectionately referred to him as Earring. Oh, Alex from American <laughs> Baker Show. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh, man. You pick first. I got to think about this. So Dave has been really good at uh, incorporating Asian flavors. Yeah. Flavors. Yeah. And he's been very good at also incorporating Mexican flavors because this week he did Thai spasties. I think last week he did a bunch of uh, like uh, Mexican-themed pastries. Mm-hmm. So I think Dave, he can get the, the flavors right for Japanese week. And I, I picked him last week to go home. I think I'm going to pick him this week to Winstar Baker. Or next week to Winstar Baker. Okay, okay. I'm going to go with Mark. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any reason why you're picking Mark unspecified? <laughs> no. All right. So okay. who's going right. to... Also, also, my... If, if Dave doesn't get it, in the preview, I mean, in the episode, in this episode, Peter said he's looking forward to Japanese week. So yeah, I'm surprised you didn't pick him. Can I change it? No, no, I'll stick with Dave. Yeah, you could go ahead. 
change it. All right, it's Peter. Okay, I'm <laughs> Peter next week. Okay, I'm going with Dave. Dave's gonna be Star Baker. <laughs> How dare you? Mark. <laughs> okay. Mark is gonna go home. Man, if Dave actually wins and Mike goes home. Okay. All right. Uh, so you picking Mike to go home? Yeah, Dave. Dave for the win. Mark's going home. Uh, who's not gonna do well in Japanese week? Let me think. You know, I don't know actually. You, I'll pick um It's gonna be a curse of Star Baker Laura's going home next week. Wow. Really? I actually would have picked her to win if she wasn't Star Baker. So this is gonna be <laughs> You know who would have done really well this week? Rowan. <laughs> or next week. Oh yeah. Rowan, Rowan would have done really well. Rowan would have had like a, a feudal Japan like what was that? Vest that he's yeah. gonna wear or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A waistcoat from like 1400 or something. <laughs> yeah, shout out to your original boy Rowan. <laughs> My boy Rowan. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to next week. This is the first time they're doing Japanese week, and yeah. I want to see what they come up with. Yes. Let's go, Dave. Yeah. So, um, sayonara, everybody. <laughs> we'll catch you next week for Japanese week. Um, make sure to check in with us if you are interested in leaving a comment or giving us some of your thoughts. Um, go to our Instagram at Quick Mix Podcast and say Konichiwa. This is <laughs> this is some feedback I have. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I just I just said all that so I guess I Konichiwa. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Side door, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>